the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Irreverent, over the top, and smart as a whip. This is The Rob Black Show. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money investing, and more. One of the things I want to really come across as is someone who really cares more about your retirement than your now. I don't buy expensive toys. I'm not buying humidors. I'm not, well, I, I guess I have a nice home. <clears throat> Maybe nicer than I need. But I'm not buying jet skis and, you know, toys. It's just not my thing. I worry really about age 60 to 100 more than about impressing people at this point in time. There's a lot of taboos that have to die in the world. You don't want to become your parents. I saw my dad mostly work until the day he died. He was in the military. He was forced to retire after X amount of years. And he got into the private consulting group uh, world, which is what a lot of ex-military do. And he died a few years after that. I don't want to be my dad. Only 24% of millennials demonstrate basic financial literacy. If this is a show about getting to retirement, I mean it for the millennials and also mean it for the 50-somethings. If you wait till you're 30 to start investing, you're you're starting to put yourself in the world. Uh, I'm going to work till the day I die. What you're essentially trying to do, you're trying to replace the income that you're making today and transition to working for someone where they give you a paycheck to you working for yourself in retirement and you giving yourself a paycheck. You kind of want the two to be pretty close to each other so that you don't have to go into massive spending cuts in retirement years. Debt is always bad is something I learned as a child that I don't believe in. I think debt is a very, very useful tool, Um, whether it be college education debt. College education is amazing. You'll get a job making at least $10,000 more a year in theory. Credit card debt's bad. College cost debt, good. If it leads to a better job a higher paying job of your life. Mortgage debt, fine, if you can service it when you lose job. A lot of people tend to overbite. Eh, we live in a, a world where, you know, supersize me, right? And we sometimes supersize our debt, and that's where you get into trouble. But I had a home I wanted to get a vacation home because the kids are only going to be kids for a while. And then they're gone, grown up, moved on. And uh, last weekend, me and my son 
hung out of the vacation home. But what I did was I took out a home equity line of credit off my home, helped build it into a down payment. And I got a second home with that. My first home went up over 150%. My second home's already gone up almost 100%. You kind of see how debt taken out a home equity line of credit, home equity line of credit equals debt. Isn't always bad. Um, but again, that's a generational thing. My parents grew up in a world where they or their parents saw a lot of people go through extreme poverty. And that would have been very problematic. Financially cutting your kids off. It's never okay to cut off your kids. I don't know. I think there has to be some adulting. I don't plan to leave an inheritance to my children until they're 25. To hopefully give them the 18 to 25 year old time frame. Just to learn how to struggle financially, to learn like, oh man, I got to eat, you know, a packet of noodles again tonight for dinner. Or I'm going to get cheap beer versus expensive beer. Some of the real important life lessons, right? So I'm okay promoting financial dependence. Now, here's the thing. I don't want my kids working at McDonald's when they're 35, 45, 55. I'd rather assist them with some of their monthly checks per se uh, I want my kids to be happy and I think it's going to be a tougher economy than the economy that I grew up in other things that are kind of taboo that we got to stop thinking the old way is I, I don't know how I feel about this one your finances and marriage keeping them separate a lot of parents Happily combine finances into joint accounts. Um, my mom and dad had joint accounts, and my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Um, as the kids finally got older, she started taking on little like um, retail positions. So, but it wasn't much. So they were happy to like run in and merge everything. Now. The norm is couples often keep their finances separate or take a hybrid approach, a shared account plus individual accounts. One in five companies identify money as their greatest relationship challenge. Communicating about finances is necessary to strengthen the relationship because the word relate is in there. I personally don't think keeping things completely separate and, you know, to the point where you're resentful. I don't think you should be married in that, in that, that position. It, it leads to divorce. Do whatever works with you and your partner. If you want to keep it separate, keep it separate, but communicate about that. If you want to put it together, put it together, but communicate about that. I think it's it's really important before you get married to discuss your financial aspirations. Um. I rushed into my first marriage and I, I guess I really like never thought of things like, did I want to have kids? And the answer was yes. Did she, the answer was no. Um, 
I wanted more of a settled out and best friend. She wanted more of a uh, let's travel the world. Didn't work out because we didn't really have the same goals. I was lucky because um, fortunately she did something pretty stupid. And I use that as a little bit of leverage to say, come on, let's just sign the papers. Let's, let's get a arbitrator and get out. So uh, and you can have an expensive divorce or you can have a, a cheap divorce. So we went divorce mediation. That was about $5,000, $7,000 back then. I'm good with that. Spending $100,000 to get people to file paperwork to separate you is silly. But I see it all the time. I've got a good friend that the divorce was so nasty that she would yell at the judge. And the judge is like, have you ever seen a TV show? You don't yell at the judge. Like, There's some sort of proper etiquette in a courtroom. She didn't have it. So let's just put it this way. Her own lawyers were quitting on her. So a divorce that could have been 5000 to 7000 ended up being closer to $200,000. And who wins? The lawyers. Who loses? The people that earn the money. The people that need the money going forward. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Find me online at epwealth or robblackshow.com. Rob Black Show. If you need a certified financial planner. I think that's the way to go. I have one. I use one from EP Wealth. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, all my contacts there. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. There's some funny questions you have to ask yourself when it comes to investing. Walgreens is looking at themselves in the mirror and they're saying, should we be doing tobacco sales or not? CVS got out of the business long ago saying, hey, we're CVS Health. We're a pharmacy. We're, we shouldn't be selling cancer sticks. I asked my producer and he had an opinion. And here's what's interesting is I don't have an opinion. I think CVS should sell whatever the hell they want. It's not up, for, up to me to tell them what they to do. And if the cigarette sales are keeping the electricity on and the employees paid, whereas the crappy Halloween candy, which is just as bad for you, right? Not just as bad. I'm not going to make comparisons between tobacco and candy. But you get the idea. There's some questions you have to make. Microsoft is looking themselves in the mirror and they're saying, we're getting out of China with LinkedIn. Company is going to launch a China-specific app later this year, but they're banning LinkedIn. The news comes after a Chinese internet regulator told LinkedIn in March to better regulate its content and gave them a 30-day deadline. So Microsoft has to pull out. That's their way of doing it gracefully, the Chinese way, versus the way they wanted to do it themselves. LinkedIn launched in China in 2014 with limited features designed to adhere to stricter internet laws in the country. Chinese internet regulator told LinkedIn in March, you got to get your content moderation better and gave him a 30-day deadline. And the platform has blocked several U.S. journalists citing prohibited content. It's a mess. And again, it's the rules I play by that I it's not for me to judge. I don't have a lot of opinions on the Chinese government. I don't trust that they're capitalists, so I don't really invest in China. 
because I try to invest in a system, capitalism, more so than the American stock market. If capitalism is a play on in Asia, I'll, I'll go for it. But I think China is too much, too much risk for me. Bank of America topped earnings expectations on reserve release. Strong advisory and asset management results. I'm not a Bank of America fan. I don't. Aren't they the the bank that gets the worst uh, uh, opinions out there? People are like, ah, maybe Wells Fargo is considered worse. Banks don't have a good reputation, do they? But CEO Brian Moynihan, when he talks, I listen because he it's a big bank. He also looks kind of like Ken Doll. So every time I see him talk on CNBC or Bloomberg TV, I go, that's weird. He looks like Ken. Deposit growth was strong. Loan balances increased the second consecutive quarter, leading to improvement in net interest income, even as interest rates remain very low. Investors wanted to see loan growth improve from a weak first half of the year because that helps banks produce more interest income. Um, banking stocks you pay attention to during earnings season because they tell you the health of people who bank with them, people who have jobs, people who are depositing money. People who are taking out loans to start businesses. You got to pay attention to the banks. I'm not telling you what to do, but that's what I'm telling you what to do. <laughs> Remember I was talking about Walgreens? Walgreens and CVS are both going to have better than expected quarters because people are still coming in on a regular basis to get shots. More Americans are getting COVID vaccine boosters and first doses. So just when the supply of people coming in your door starts to wane, Booster shots come along. And if you don't think that's an economic boost, you're wrong. The U.S. is reporting about an average of about 362,000 boosters administered per day versus 231,000 first doses. About 8.9 million boosters overall have been administered, covering 4.7% of the fully vaccinated Americans. Um, the, the seniors, 12% of the immunized 65-year or older crowd. They're obviously the ones leading the charge. I'll get a booster when it's available for me. I'm not stressed. I feel that if I get COVID now, statistics show I won't die. I've got my shot. More Americans are getting third COVID shots than first vaccine doses. That's the story inside the story. And the whole booster shot thing makes me think, maybe there's some time to get into Pfizer stock or... Merck stock because they just came up with a new treatment for people who don't get shots. Now we have treatments for people who want the shots and treatment for people who don't get the shots. So I'm not going to say let's all go make out with each other, but it seems manageable on both sides of the fence. Um, if you catch it, if it doesn't get any lungs, if it doesn't have long-term effects on you. But there's an investment play there. There's no doubt about it there. Um, and again, just people going into CVS and Walgreens, those stocks should benefit. My um, PPO is hounding me. Get your flu shot, get your flu shot. My Even my doctor emailed me, probably a part of a campaign to get people in because hospitals are for-profit companies. And when people put off colonoscopies because I don't want to go in because of COVID, I might get it from the doctor. I might get it in the air. I saw a person who looked sickly there. People are putting off surgeries and hospitals need need the business. Isn't it a great world we live in? I wanted to talk about 
um, ways to invest. One of the apps I recently came across and I kind of put through the paces is an app called Twine. Very low minimums to start. They invest money in diversified ETFs. It's got a monthly fee, which is a little bit higher than RoboAdvisors. It's got no bonuses attached to it. But Twine is meant for two people, partners. It's got an educational blog to try to get people starting investing. And that's where I want this to go. I want people to start investing. And when you're a couple, I want you both to invest. It's as low as $5 to start investing. When I say it's expensive, it's, it's six-tenths of 1%. I can deal with that. It's 25 cents for every $500 you invest. This isn't going to be your long-term solution, but this is going to be getting you and your spouse to set some short and midterm goals. And it's an app that does things like there should be some joint goals in your life. Do you want to own a home? Do you want to go out and buy a boat, have children, vacation? And let's say your vacation, you roughly price it out at $5,000. You can start saving towards that. It's pretty nice as far as an app goes. It's not offensive in my mind. Um, I found five financial apps that are good. And it's basically the five financial scenarios that I see out there. One of the financial scenarios I'm, st- I'm talking about right now is, is you and a spouse working together financially. I'm pro that. Um, it's an app on your phone, Twine. It doesn't offend me. Um, Robinhood, if I were to just say someone who wants to buy and sell stocks, I'm totally fine with it. Um, I think it's it's fine for the active investor. Here's the kicker. I'm worth more than most active investors. I think a lot of active investors spend a lot of time huffing and puffing, doing a lot of work, trying to find the perfect trade, the perfect entry point, the perfect out. And when push comes to shove, just buying an ETF and holding it might have been the better idea. Don't forget you have to pay taxes if it's a regular account versus a qualified retirement account. Um, so Robinhood's fine. Twine's good for couples. If you want to do active investing and saving for retirement, there's a, a new company called Webull. It's a new app. Webull offers commission-free trading on stocks, options, ETFs, and crypto with no minimums required. You have access to IPOs and fractional shares. Webull has a customizable uh, interface, um, and it allows you really to start thinking a little bit more for retirement, but it's like Robin Hood on steroids in my mind, a Robin Hood with a bigger picture. I think if you want to do micro-investing, I think uh, Acorns is lovely. Minimum deposit and balance requirements vary. Um, $3 per month for a personal account, $5 for a family account. They have diversified ETFs. I use Acorns and it's considered micro investing because what we're doing with it is it takes your spare change from everyday purchases 
and it throws it in the investment portfolio for you. You can do a retirement account or you can do a regular account. It's very unsophisticated, but it's the right idea. And the whole acorn idea of squirrels digging up nuts and storing them for the winter. And then when spring comes, they just go get their nuts and eat them. I love that. I'm a squirreler away kind of guy. Acorns automatically rebalances portfolios. They offer sustainable portfolios for ESG investing. They have a little bit of an educational component, although I've never paid attention to it. I think the investment options are incredibly limited, but I think it's a great way to micro invest and get started. If you're looking for automated everything, um, I think Betterment's fine. So what you're talking about with this is it's good for automated investing, customizes users' portfolios around their financial goals, timeline, and risk. It's quick and easy. It's got a premium plan, which lets users get unlimited access to financial advisors. I, I don't think that's a great idea because I don't think you get, I think you get what you pay for and paying $199 for a financial advisor is not great. Um, it'll get there. I think it's, it's in the right area. So this is my five favorite financial apps. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. Invest in what is really important. Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. Are you concerned with financial planning, tax planning, managing your investments, or just planning your retirement? Rob Black has partnered with EP Wealth Advisors. With over $12 billion in assets under management and more than 80 financial professionals at the helm, EP has your financial future in mind. Learn more by visiting robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. There's some funny questions you have to ask yourself when it comes to investing. Walgreens is looking at themselves in the mirror and they're saying, should we be doing tobacco sales or not? CVS got out of the business long ago saying, hey, we're CVS Health, we're a pharmacy, we're, we shouldn't be selling cancer sticks. I asked my producer and he had an opinion. And here's what's interesting is I don't have an opinion. I think CVS should sell whatever the hell they want. It's not up, for, up to me to tell them what they, to do. And if the cigarette sales are keeping the electricity on and the employees paid, whereas the crappy Halloween candy, which is just as bad for you, right? Not just as bad. I'm not going to make comparisons between tobacco and candy. But you get the idea. There's some questions you have to make. Microsoft is looking themselves in the mirror and they're saying, we're getting out of China with LinkedIn. Company is going to launch a China-specific app later this year, but they're abandoning LinkedIn. The news comes after a Chinese internet regulator told LinkedIn in March to better regulate its content and gave them a 30-day deadline. So Microsoft has to pull out. That's their way of doing it gracefully, the Chinese way, versus the way they wanted to do it themselves. LinkedIn launched in China in 2014 with limited features designed to adhere to stricter internet laws in the country. Chinese internet regulator told LinkedIn in March, you got to get your content moderation better and gave them a 30-day deadline. And the platform has blocked several U.S. journalists citing prohibited content. It's a mess. And again, it's the rules I play by that I, it's not for me to judge. I don't have a lot of opinions on the Chinese government. I don't trust that they're capitalists, so I don't really invest in China. 
because I try to invest in a system, capitalism, more so than the American stock market. If capitalism is a play on in Asia, I'll, I'll go for it. But I think China is too much, too much risk for me. Bank of America topped earnings expectations on reserve release. Strong advisory and asset management results. I'm not a Bank of America fan. I don't – aren't they the, the bank that gets the worst uh, uh, opinions out there? People are like, ah, maybe Wells Fargo is considered worse. Banks don't have a good reputation, do they? But CEO Brian Moynihan, when he talks, I listen because he, it's a big bank. He also looks kind of like Ken Doll. So every time I see him talk on CNBC or Bloomberg TV, I go, that's weird. He looks like Ken. Deposit growth was strong. Loan balances increased the second consecutive quarter. Leading to improvement in net interest income, even as interest rates remain very low. Investors wanted to see loan growth improve from a weak first half of the year because that helps banks produce more interest income. Um, banking stocks, you pay attention to during earnings season because they tell you the health of people who bank with them, people who have jobs, people who are depositing money, people who are taking out loans to start businesses. You got to pay attention to the banks. Not telling you what to do, but that's what I'm telling you what to do. <clears throat> Remember, I was talking about Walgreens. Walgreens and CVS are both going to have better than expected quarters because people are still coming in on a regular basis to get shots. More Americans are getting COVID vaccine boosters and first doses. So, just when the supply of people coming in your door starts to wane, booster shots come along. And if you don't think that's an economic boost, you're wrong. The U.S. is reporting about an average of about 362,000 boosters administered per day versus 231,000 first doses. About 8.9 million boosters overall have been administered, covering 4.7% of the fully vaccinated Americans. Um, the, the seniors, 12% of the immunized 65-year or older crowd, they're obviously the ones leading the charge. I'll get a booster when it's available for me. I'm not stressed. I feel that if I get COVID now, statistics show I won't die. I've got my shot. More Americans are getting third COVID shots than first vaccine doses. That's the story inside the story. And the whole booster shot thing makes me think, maybe there's some time to get into Pfizer stock or Merck stock because they just came up with a new Treatment for people who don't get shots. Now we have treatments for people who want the shots and treatment for people who don't get the shots. So I'm not going to say let's all go make out with each other, but it seems manageable on both sides of the fence. Um, if you catch it, if it doesn't get any lungs, if it doesn't have long-term effects on you. But there's an investment play there. There's no doubt about it there. Um, and again, just people going into CVS and Walgreens, those stocks should benefit my um, PPO is hounding me. Get your flu shot. Get your flu shot. My Even my doctor emailed me, probably a part of a campaign to get people in because hospitals are for-profit companies. And when people put off colonoscopies because I don't want to go in because of COVID, I might get it from the doctor. I might get it in the air. I saw a person who looked sickly there. People are putting off surgeries and hospitals need need the business. Isn't it a great world we live in? I wanted to talk about 
um, ways to invest. One of the apps I recently came across and I kind of put through the paces is an app called Twine. Very low minimums to start. They invest money in diversified ETFs. It's got a monthly fee, which is a little bit higher than RoboAdvisors. It's got no bonuses attached to it. But Twine is meant for two people, partners. It's got an educational blog to try to get people starting investing. And that's where I want this to go. I want people to start investing. And when you're a couple, I want you both to invest. It's as low as $5 to start investing. When I say it's expensive, it's, it's six-tenths of 1%. I can deal with that. It's 25 cents for every $500 you invest. This isn't going to be your long-term solution, but this is going to be getting you and your spouse to set some short and midterm goals. And it's an app that does things like there should be some joint goals in your life. Do you want to own a home? Do you want to go out and buy a boat, have children, vacation? And let's say your vacation, you roughly price it out at $5,000. You can start saving towards that. It's pretty nice as far as an app goes. It's not offensive in my mind. Um, I found five financial apps that are good. And it's basically the five financial scenarios that I see out there. One of the financial scenarios I'm, st- I'm talking about right now is, is you and a spouse working together financially. I'm pro that. Um, it's an app on your phone, Twine. It doesn't offend me. Um, Robinhood, if I were to just say someone who wants to buy and sell stocks, I'm totally fine with it. Um, I think it's it's fine for the active investor. Here's the kicker. I'm worth more than most active investors. I think a lot of active investors spend a lot of time huffing and puffing, doing a lot of work, trying to find the perfect trade, the perfect entry point, the perfect out. And when push comes to shove, just buying an ETF and holding it might have been the better idea. Don't forget you have to pay taxes if it's a regular account versus a qualified retirement account. Um, so Robinhood's fine. Twine's good for couples. If you want to do active investing and saving for retirement, there's a, a new company called Webull. It's a new app. Webull offers commission-free trading on stocks, options, ETFs, and crypto with no minimums required. You have access to IPOs and fractional shares. Webull has a customizable uh, interface. Um, And it allows you really to start thinking a little bit more for retirement. But it's like Robin Hood on steroids in my mind. Robin Hood with a bigger picture. I think if you want to do micro-investing, I think uh, Acorns is lovely. Minimum deposit and balance requirements vary. Um, $3 per month for a personal account, $5 for a family account. They have diversified ETFs. I use Acorns, and it's considered micro-investing because what we're doing with it is it takes your spare change from everyday purchases. 
and it throws it in the investment portfolio for you. You can do a retirement account or you can do a regular account. It's very unsophisticated, but it's the right idea. And the whole acorn idea of squirrels digging up nuts and storing them for the winter. And then when spring comes, they just go get their nuts and eat them. I love that. I'm a squirreler away kind of guy. Acorns automatically rebalances portfolios. They offer sustainable portfolios for ESG investing. They have a little bit of an educational component, although I've never paid attention to it. I think the investment options are incredibly limited, but I think it's a great way to micro invest and get started. If you're looking for automated everything, um, I think Betterment's fine. So what you're talking about with this is it's good for automated investing, customizes users' portfolios around their financial goals, timeline, and risk. It's quick and easy. It's got a premium plan, which lets users get unlimited access to financial advisors. I, I don't think that's a great idea because I don't think you get – I think you get what you pay for. And paying $199 for a financial advisor is not great. Um, it'll get there. I think it's, it's in the right area. So this is my five favorite financial apps. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. A straightforward approach to managing your money. The Rob Black Show. Walgreens earnings, top earnings expectations as drugstores give twice as many COVID vaccines as expected. Foot traffic. There's some basic rules, right? If you buy a retail store in a cute little city, you're looking for this, the street with the best foot traffic. So people can notice your business on their own. Uh, if you're looking for real estate, I always say try to buy in an area with good schools because you'll probably have a mother who wants to buy your home down the road, if nothing else. McDonald's is going to test the meatless McPlant burger, created as it's, with its partnership with Beyond Meat, in eight restaurants next month. Here's the interesting part of this story. Because it's not the plant burger. We've talked about this numerous times. About millennials and will they like it or not? Does the meat have the texture of meat? Is the plant good enough? What are we doing here? Is it sustainable or not? Burger King, which is owned by restaurant brands. The Impossible Whopper was added to their menu two years ago. So they're already established. If you want a meatless Burger, you can go to Burger King. McDonald's has played with the idea. Now, there's going to be eight restaurants that implement the meat-free patty, which is made out of peas, rice, potatoes, beets. When you say peas, I think that just brings up you either loved peas as a kid or you hated peas as a kid. So McDonald's global footprint is huge and a major opportunity for Beyond Meat. And they have a three-year partnership. McDonald's has to get something out there because Burger King has something that's out there. And there is fast food wars. I know you're saying, is there a Hitler of fast food wars? There probably is, but I don't know who it is. Is there a Mussolini of, of meat wars? I'm like, I don't know. Get off my back now. You're picking on me. But what's interesting is McDonald's already started selling McPlant burgers in Sweden and Denmark and Austria and the Netherlands and the UK. They're just trying to get it right in the United States. 
I think the PLT is a funny idea on a play on a name. But something that McDonald's has to get right is a lot of their stores are owned by franchisees. And franchisees may not want change. They may want change. New menu items add more complexity to their kitchens. There's a nationwide labor shortage right now, so it has to be easy to assemble. So I see inside the McPlant story a McLabor issue. And maybe that's why McDonald's is slow to roll out the product. Because the franchisees, the one who ultimately pays the bills for McDonald's Corporation, under a little bit of pressure. For the record, McDonald's is having a very good year. It's up uh, 13% this year. I have no problem with you owning McDonald's as a stock. And I'll tell you why. I want you to take a look at the chat, uh, stock. Speak English, Mick. I can't understand anything Mick Jagger says. But if you take a look at the stock of McDonald's, you'll be pleasantly surprised. It's a stock that's been around since you were a kid. As a kid, you probably loved the, the fun meals. And as a parent, you probably go, those are the worst things on the planet. And we're probably both right on some levels. Um, but as a kid, it had like this allure to it, probably because it's salty. Probably because it's fatty, greasy. I don't know. There's something there, right? But I like McDonald's in the short term, in the midterm, in the long term. Of course, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. If I go back to 1990, and that's a long time. That's 10 years. That's 20 years. That's 30 years. That's your investment lifetime. So if you're 30 years old, you're going to retire when you're 60. That's kind of the time frame I want you to look at, 30 years. If you're 40, I, I want you to take a look at stocks in a 20-year time frame. But back in 1990, this was an $8.69 stock. Now it's $244. An amazing investment over 30 years. Unbelievable. Some of it was the fall of the Berlin Wall. Some of it was Russia opening up and China opening up from very closed economies to more open so there's been international expansion for sure. I think we all know a neighborhood or two where we're like, I think they got enough McDonald's. Like sometimes you can go down El Camino Real and it feels like there's a McDonald's every mile. Right? So they're probably pretty saturated except for they can raise prices, except for they get return customers, except for they've got a lot of wiggle room with advertising. When you have LeBron James or Michael Jordan as a spokesperson, you're doing something right. To me, it's almost like my thought on you could invest in Indianapolis 500. And what do I mean by that? If you take a look at the sponsors, they're all probably pretty legit companies because it costs a lot of money to advertise there because you're getting a lot of eyeballs. I'm okay with McDonald's as an investment. Do I think it's the best restaurant in the United States? No. Do I think people look at us and shake their heads and go, that's a lot of fat Americans get fatter. Yes. But I think if you're like, if we were to stand and watch like commercials from every five years of McDonald's, you're like, oh, I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. Oh, I remember that one. 
you were to watch 40 years of commercials, you'd be like, wow, this company is really socially woven into our life. So, and again, the Grimace being a, a taste bud, I don't care. I, I don't care about any of the characters. In fact, I think they're the worst characters ever, and yet the stock is still successful. Again, it's gone from six dollars, six to eight dollar range, to two hundred forty-four dollars. I'm Rob Black. Oh, and there's better options, right? In an out burger, come on, Chick Fil A, come on. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. The Rob Black Show is brought to you by EP Wealth. Learn more about EP's unique approach to managing wealth at robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.